Hello, and welcome to The Hidden Archives. I'm your host for the evening, Nicole Clark. Thank you for joining us once again as we, somehow, manage to stay on schedule. The last few weeks have been busy and unpredictable at best, so we are considering this episode a bit of an achievement. One thing that happened between this episode and the last is that we started working on a new project that may bring you more Hidden Archives content. We will update you on this project as it continues to develop. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hidden Archives Podcast and on Twitter at Podcast Hidden. Our dear friend Washington Irving once said, I am always at a loss at how much to believe my own stories. Clearly, faith and belief are a matter of choice. However, the following warning is not some story, so I suggest you choose to believe it. Therefore, if you choose to enter the hidden archives, if you choose to study the tomes, if you choose to take this journey with me, you do so at your own risk. Profanity and disturbing content will follow. This is your warning. Those that know what their role is, whether in their work or their day-to-day lives, tend to be more successful. Having a title that describes this role can help to guide us towards our goals. In tonight's story, we are introduced to someone who has taken this philosophy further than most would even dare dream. But ambition for success is just a little bit easier if you know some familiar spirits. Master, I am writing to you because, as you are aware, our mutual pact, our contract, is almost complete. As we reach this deadline, I felt it was my duty to remind you of not only the work I have completed for you, but also the work we have completed together, and that which you have accomplished with my help. My hope is that, by restating the success of our partnership, you see clearly that I have upheld my end of the contract and am thus due that which is owed to me. I shall start by restating the terms of the contract which we both willingly entered into. For the sake of brevity, I shall keep this as succinct as possible. First, by you seeking me out in an effort to further your agenda, I agreed to serve you for the standard length of what would be my natural life here on earth. Addendum. You sought me, or someone like me, when you made it clear that there was an opening for such a position, hence the reason for such a contract where there was an expressed need for services rendered to be done by one that possesses the necessary skill to render such services. Second, in exchange for the expected performance and the accomplishment of such tasks, at the close of contract, I am due adequate compensation. This is to be understood as a share and the profits garnered. What I do with my shares are my business and mine alone, as I receive compensation at the close of the contract. As a note, I do think it only fair that I elaborate later on on what I hope to accomplish with my share. This only because our partnership has lasted so long and I look on you fondly as more than just my master. Third, because of the fluid nature of such an agreement, my exact title is determined by myself, 
and may change as necessary depending on the specific nature of tasks to be performed throughout the course of our workings. Addendum At the close of contract, my title is to be locked, and I shall be reimbursed accordingly. Those are the major points of the contract that, again, we both willingly and without outside influence or coercion agreed to. Except for any clause pertaining to compensation, you can clearly see that the contract strongly favors someone in your position. Hence why your title is master, and why I have chosen the final title of familiar. Though upon entering the contract to begin with, my title was more or less described as such, except for a few times throughout our history where I served a different role, or worked under a different title. One such time was upon the initial enactment of our contract. At that time, the title I had and the role I played was that of a messenger. Your first task for me was to help you broaden your reach. It was not an uncommon mixture of advertising and recruitment tactics that I had to use. Of course, it is not uncommon for such contracts to start off this way, nor is the task itself difficult. However, what I want to highlight is how successful I was in this role, a role that I have continued throughout the entirety of my time serving you. Without my involvement and execution of this task, many thousands of souls would have simply passed by you without ever making your acquaintance. Sure, some may have come along sooner or later, but certainly not in any great volume or short time as I was able to accomplish while serving this initial role. We both know what this number looks like, thus we both know that it is simply not something to be overlooked or questioned. Of course, this brings me to another service I have performed for you, that of a warrior. When such recruitment is so successful, the message doesn't only fall on the ears of the eager and willing. There are always those who will reject the message and seek to rise against your cause. When this happens, the cause must be protected and defended. But don't take the title of warrior lightly. This was exactly the role I played. You requested that I kill for you, and without question, thus I did. Not only that, but there were times where waiting for your request to kill could have endangered you or your cause, so I took the initiative knowing that it's what would have been expected of me. I did this while keeping an old idiom in mind. It is better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. The contract did give me the autonomy to act on my own until you asked for my services specifically. Most of the things I did without your express directive are things that I am not seeking compensation for. Again, this would not necessarily be fair to you, my master. However, I do think it prudent to enlighten you at this time of several such actions I took on behalf of seeing the contract through to its completion. During the many years of our continued partnership, there were others that tried to recruit me for their own objectives. It was, of course, purely a matter of devotion that kept me on your side as your familiar. Though I must admit, there were times when I was tempted by the offers and contracts of others. 
Some of these offers proposed lighter servitude, doing menial tasks for what was promised to be similar compensation. However, in the deeper understanding of our arrangement, based on who you are and what you wish to accomplish, I knew that I had more to gain by staying the course. Others wanted the opposite. They simply wished to do away with me and my kind. To protect myself and our arrangement, I had to go off script, shall we say? I often felt I needed to act in ways that were unbefitting someone under your employ. Yes, in these situations, I often acted cruel and aggressive, as is the nature of my kind, though not of yours. However, I must say that if you didn't expect this to sometimes be the case, you wouldn't have sought out such a being as myself. Those that would seek to try and do myself harm were often met with violence of the most egregious nature. I've torn people apart, limb from limb. I've harmed them in such ways that, assuming they survived, they would never be the same. I felt the blood seeping through my fingers. I've known the sound of breaking bones, the smell of burning flesh, the taste of salt. So many substances that come from a human body are salty. Sometimes it sprays into your mouth, sometimes it drips from your forehead, past your eyes, along the side of your nose and into the corners of your smile. But mostly, the taste is that of iron. But these are the easy ways. Even if the grit of gray matter isn't so easy to clean from under one's nails. These are self-defense tactics used in the moment to protect oneself. The hard ways, the preventative measures, are much more subtle. An ice pick through the ice socket and wiggling it around to scramble someone's brain is easy. But reaching in and manipulating someone's mind is challenging. You have to make them believe that it comes from them, from their own head, and not from the subtle touch of your fingers upon their psyche. Honestly, I'm so familiar with gaslighting that I could have closed our contract and started a business illuminating the streets of Victorian England. But I digress. Again, these few previous examples are simply to illustrate that even when I wasn't directly following your instruction, I was still committed to seeing our contract through. One major reason I don't seek reimbursement for such activities is because I felt so much joy in seeing them through. That should illustrate the level of my devotion, that I found joy in performing my duties, whether or not they were actually sanctioned or directed by one such as yourself. I do believe it's time I draw attention to the role I found myself fulfilling most often. That is the role of your advisor. You wouldn't have sought me out to begin with if there weren't things I knew, things I could do that you couldn't, either because you didn't have the will, way, means, or time. Why else does anyone seek help? Why else would anyone seek counsel? Simply put, I was there because you needed me. I was there because I knew things you didn't. Every time I answered a question with an answer that was satisfactory to you, whether you knew the answer already or not, was a time when I earned my position. Every time was one where I earned my compensation. 
Even if this happened just a single time, I validated my position. And if it never happened, then you could have, and I imagine would have, terminated the contract long ago. But here I remain. Alas, I am reminded of another insightful idiom. Don't summon what you can't banish. Or better yet, don't summon what you aren't willing to banish. Sure, everyone is replaceable and any contract can be nullified. But I would like to remind you that we have reached the end, the completion of our contract. It has been fulfilled, and it was a choice you made to allow me, and yourself, to arrive at this point. Therefore, compensation must be rendered, in spite of any misgivings or new information that has been brought to the table. In other words, no matter how you feel about me or my actions at this point, it is your obligation to give me that which is owed to me, seeing as the term of my employ has reached a point of satisfaction. Therefore, let me remind you of one of the final titles I had before the term familiar was locked in. To you, for many years, and to many that called you father, I was known as minister. O Lord my God, I have remained your faithful servant for so many years. Ever since you called my name, I've been devoted to you and you alone. Through wars in your holy land, through the trials of my faith, upon meeting the godless and heretics head on, my faith and devotion to you has never wavered. So many people have walked through the doors of your chapel, drawn by my charisma and knowledge. They have all listened. Most have become devotees themselves, and many have sought my counsel desired so greatly that I bring them your knowledge and enlightenment. Few that have seen my face and heard my message have strayed from the path. It was this complete devotion of me, a simple man, that you requested. To believe, to spread the word, to do your works in your name. And you know that I have done so diligently and with an unmatched fervor. I never doubted, never questioned, and never faltered in my service to you. Through everything for my entire life, I have heard your voice and obeyed your every command, even when you were silent. I learned your word to better understand how I could serve you. All the while, I knew that I would get my due rewards. But for so long, I struggled to understand what this meant. Was it fair that I do all of this, that I am who I am, if I have a self-serving motive? Should it not come from the goodness of my heart, to be a good person? How does that justify the horrors I have caused and the wars that I have fought? But no, that isn't what it's all about. You said so yourself. We are promised life if we live for you. Life after death eternity. But how is it all measured? I thought about this. I did. I really considered it. That's when I realized that it was a contract. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It is a contract of blood and one of equal compensation. And we entered into this contract when you first spoke my name and I listened and responded. 
but a contract has to be fair. It has to benefit both parties. I say your name and you give me eternal life? That doesn't hold up. But there it is again, an eye for an eye. I don't just say your name, no, I bring you souls. Sometimes I convert them, sure. Other times I send them to you directly. It's simple delegation, really. I mean, you tasked me with dealing with them here, but if they don't want to deal with me, if they want to speak to my manager, I just send them straight to you. It's just business. But alas, those days are behind me now. I am no longer known as a minister, nor am I known as a general in war, not even a mercenary. The only title that fits me at this point, the end of my natural life, is familiar. I have always acted as a familiar to you, just as a cat does to a witch. I did your bidding, and now my time is up on this earth. Which brings me to my final point. I do hereby request my fair compensation. Lying on this deathbed is proof that I have reached the end of my natural life on this planet. I think the point has been made clear that the profits I brought to you were plentiful. Serving as your warrior and minister, I brought you an uncountable number of souls. Thus, souls are what I ask in return. The only way I can be sure that I have been fairly reimbursed with the gift of life is if it is directly given to me before the final closure of our contract, before I die. As promised, I will tell you what I intend to do with my compensation. If my own soul has kept me going this long, then another soul should sustain me for a similar amount of time. And when it has, I request another, and another, and another, until I am satisfied that I have been compensated fairly. Eternal life is what was promised, after all. But it is not for you to decide how I spend it. Kind regards, your familiar. I don't know whether to think that guy is a team player or not. I bet his resume would probably say that he is. But with references like his former employer, I don't think it really matters what his resume says. Thank you again for joining us in exploring the archives. The next episode should be posted in two weeks. As always, we request your patience with such things as the world is a bit unpredictable at the moment. There are many more stories from the hidden archives that have yet to be shared. We hope that you join us next time for another Glimpse Within. This has been a production of the Rhodes Collaborative Experience, LLC. Please no reproduction, duplication, or bastardization of any content without written consent from RCX or its partners. Ex Animo, Ex Tempus, in Archivum. <laughs>